Hello, hello, everyone. We have a really fun episode for you today, just in time for back to school season. A lot of you have either just started university, another degree, new job, or you're entering a new academic year of your studies. Regardless, the fall weather always carries the feeling of new possibilities, experiences, and maybe some challenges along the way. Over the summer, our team has been expanding and we've recruited over 20 new members, some of whom you'll hear from today. We're going to dive into a discussion all about grad school and med school. We'll get to know each other, talk about our very first research experiences, and how to balance school and personal life, as well as some lessons learned and tips for you to succeed in your studies. Before we continue, we would like to acknowledge that here in Toronto, we are on the traditional territory of many Indigenous nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit River, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Huron-Wendat. This meeting place is still home to many First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people, and we are grateful for the opportunity to live and work on this land. I'm Angela. And I'm Noor, and we are your hosts for today. Welcome to episode 110 of Raw Talk Podcast. So I'm here with Angela, and we're going to be listening back to some of the clips that we have from a roundtable discussion that we had with some of the new members on the team. That was actually our first in-person recording in a very long time. I've been with the team for two years, and this was my first in-person roundtable, so it was really fun. Angela, what was it like for you? It was so awesome. It was my first time meeting you and a lot of the members of our team, and also my first time meeting anyone from my program because I'm a new incoming master's student. So it was just really awesome getting to know everyone and hearing everyone's stories and perspectives. It honestly just felt like we just got to know each other and the mics just happened to be there. So we're going to play back some of the clips from our discussion. But before we do that, we thought we'd start with some introductions of some of the new voices on the team. So hi, my name is Angela, and I'm a show host here at Raw Talk. I'm in my first year of my master's here at U of T in the Department of Medical Science, and my research is focused on psychosocial oncology at Princess Margaret Cancer Center. Um, I'm studying traumatic stress in the caregivers of patients with leukemia. A fun fact about me is that I have a black and white cat, and her name is Rainbow. Hello, hello. My name is Noor. I'm one of the co-executive producers and hosts on Raw Talk Podcast, and I'm entering my second year of my master's at the Institute of Medical Sciences. My research is focused on respiratory health in people with connective tissue disorders or Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And a fun fact about me is that I recently got certified as a functional strength training coach. Hi, my name is Hannah. I'm a first-year PhD student in the Department of Physiology, and my research focuses on neurodevelopment in preemie babies. And a fun fact about me is that while I was doing my undergrad in biology, I also did a minor in classics, so like ancient Greek and Roman history and archaeology. Hello, my name is Sonica, and I'm a show host at Raw Talk Podcast. I'm entering my first year of the IMS program, which is the Institute of Medical Sciences Masters of Science. Um, my research is at SickKids. I'm working on research on pediatric neurology and machine learning. Um, and a fun fact about me is that previously I've been a painting instructor for children. Hi, my name is Belinda. I am a first-year medical student here at U of T. And a fun fact is uh, Toronto is the seventh city that I've lived in. 
So I grew up in Beijing, Calgary, Vancouver, Houston, Texas, Shanghai, and Brisbane, Australia. Hi, my name is Julia. I'm a first year Master of Health Informatics student at U of T. Um, it is a course-based degree, so I do not have a current thesis affiliated with it, but um, with my lab, I do digital health research. Fun fact about me is that I am a volunteer medical first responder. My name is Brayden. I'm a third year PhD student within the Institute of Medical Science at U of T. Uh, my research is conducted out of Women's College Hospital looking at the impact on informal caregivers following outpatient hip or knee replacement surgery. And a fun fact about myself um, is I'm an avid Blue Jays fan and this past summer I got to visit Yankee Stadium and PNC Park in Pittsburgh for the Jays series that they were at a couple weeks ago. Everyone's journey to grad school is different. For a lot of people, their paths are not straightforward and their first research experiences were very different from what they're doing now. So Julia, Braden, and Sonica will be sharing their experiences. Julia shares how she pivoted from researching dead birds to health informatics, and Braden tells us about his kinesiology background and how a personal experience inspired his master's. And Sonica gives us her backstory about participating in an undergraduate research program where she met her current research supervisor. I really liked listening to everyone's journey, so let's play those clips back. Uh, well, in undergrad, I did some random research because, you know, in like third or second year, people are like, you have to do research or you can't apply for any grad school. So then I took like an ecology class and one of the TAs needed help. Um, so what I did is I surveyed the campus of York University for dead birds. <laughs> and it was a bird migratory study just to see like, window collision but imagine you are studying in a library and there's like floor to ceiling windows i literally had to like walk to the windows because like where else are the birds gonna fall right and then people people are studying and like osgood law and i'm like like a young science kid just like walking around I see a dead bird i'm like yes this is amazing I couldn't find one in the last time that i walked i pick it up and i put it in like, I kid you not, it was like an actual lunchbox. Like, it, what kids bring to school. So mysterious, but whatever. Did it. Um, that was, like, my scope of research. And I was like, I don't know if this is for me, right? And then I was volunteering at the hospital. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Four hours of just filing and admin work was just too much work. And I was like, okay, there must be some other research in the hospital that I would be interested in. So um, I guess that's where I came upon my lab that does digital health research and it's clinically based. Um, so that was a very nice break from whatever I did in the beginning, <laughs> collecting birds. Um, so then I, I volunteered and I did like part-time work uh, while I was in school. And then we had a lot of master's students um, in our lab who would go through their thesis writing and clinical recruitment during the pandemic. And I think just from their conversations and all that, um, I was like, I don't know if I want to do a thesis-based master's. <laughs> so it was interesting because a lot of the uh, researchers like adjacent to our lab um, were doing really cool work in digital health, either developing apps or programs. And I'm a huge lover of tech and Apple. Apple, if you're listening. <laughs> um, so then I kind of did that backward thing, like, okay, so I, if I wanted to get to their position, what do I have to do in terms of career? So um, 
that's where I came upon health informatics. So for me, I did a fourth year undergrad thesis as well. So I did my undergrad in kinesiology. Um, so I was, I always wanted to like straight from first year, I wanted to do an undergraduate thesis because I wanted to go to med school. So I wanted to get some research experience. Unfortunately for kinesiology students, any lab work here, I don't know why, but they just prefer not to pick kinesiology students because our focus is more on sports medicine, if I had referred to it as where students that take cell biology are more likely to be selected to work in the summer for for labs. So for me, every year I would apply for a summer student position and I'd never get it. Um, so I know going into medicine, I still wanted to have that research aspect. So I kind of, during my fourth year, my third year going to my fourth year, I just asked a whole bunch of professors like, I'm looking to do a thesis. Is anybody interested in doing it? Um, so they said, yeah, apply. And essentially, I didn't get accepted except for this one professor who just said, like, I'm looking, not really looking, but if you're interested, I have this project. Um, they partnered up with the Ontario Hockey Federation, basically seeing why participation was declining across the province. And as a hockey fan, spoke to me. So that project just fell on my lap. So that's what I did. Going into it, uh, I just, fourth year, I said, you know what? I'm going to med school. I didn't really have a backup plan. I didn't get in, and I'm sitting there in February going, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I literally just emailed a whole bunch of people, supervisors across U of T, Western, everywhere. Um, and again, unfortunate for me, a project just fell on my lap. Um, and my supervisor that I'm with now basically said, I'm looking to supervise a master's student for the first time ever. I'm going to pick you to do it. You're going to have to learn with me. And that's how I kind of ended up where I am today. So fortunate, um, but still uh, still a good process to go through. So going back years, I always wanted to do orthopedic surgery. Um, I played, When I was playing sports when I was younger, I shattered my kneecap. And that's how my whole I, like wanting to pursue a career in medicine all started from that. Um, I had a great orthopedic surgeon at SickKids. Um, and he was one that kind of inspired me to pursue what I want to pursue. Um, so at Laurier, their kinesiology program, so I did athletic uh, rehabilitation and sports medicine. So I did a whole bunch of like extracurriculars just there as well. I was like a student trainer um, for the Laurier baseball team. So I had to like actually do on-field examinations, rehabilitation exercises, and all those kinds of things. So going into my master's, um, I knew I wanted to do something in the orthopedic world. And I came across, actually, my supervisor is an anesthesiologist. Um, and at Women's, um, it was Canada's first exclusively outpatient total joint replacement program. Um, so for me, I realized that, you know, this is a good opportunity for not only myself to gain some research skills, but as well as this is kind of going to impact my patients in the future, per se. Um, and interviewing caregivers, I would know from their perspective of my patients of what their care caregivers are going to go through. Um, and I think also on top of that, like just outpatient surgery in general, it's going to be a massive thing here in Canada as we try to combat the surgical backlog. Um, so it's great that it reduces cost and care capacity, but I think we also have to worry about what we're putting onto those caregivers at our home. So that's what kind of my research was in that. I just kind of I noticed that my, my supervisor had a page on Women's College Hospital, emailed him and said, hey, this is what I'm interested in. And he said, sure. That's really cool. I actually like that the supervisor took a chance on you because I feel like even for me getting my first research position, I felt like I had no skills whatsoever. 
literally I didn't do anything in the lab, even though I took courses that were lab based. But a lot of the skills that I had were very much like interviewing people, translating documents, more just like that kind of stuff, which is not what you would expect to see in like basic research. But I think that was so I similar to you, I kept applying to these different summer hospital applications, um, summer hospital programs, and I wouldn't get accepted. And they would be like, you know what? we're not, we're looking for someone who has more of that like lab skills. And I was like, you know what, maybe I should consider clinical research. Um, and it ended up benefiting me because a lot of the skills that I had were like interview based and they needed that for qualitative research. So yeah, there's like, there's always something that you can contribute. And I like that your supervisor took a chance on you. He just said like, come meet me downtown. So I came to the hospital. I was there for maybe 10 minutes. He goes, listen, like you're my guy. This is what you're going to do. <laughs> you do. It's on. It's up to you. You're going to have to teach me, but I'm going to help you to get where you want to go. Um, during my undergrad, I did the SERP program, which is the summer undergraduate research program in the summer. Um, so I did that at SickKids with the neurologist. And um, this was kind of my first time working in research in the hospital. Previously, I had jumped around labs at York um, where I did my undergrad and I went from doing um, like transcribing patient interviews to doing marketing psychology research at the Schulich Business School. Um, so it was a lot of uh, different things, but I realized that I really wanted to um, do something hands-on. Unfortunately, during my program, it was in the summer when the pandemic was going on, so I wasn't really able to come into the hospital as much as I wanted, but I still got a lot of that hands-on experience. I was consenting patients for different research projects. Um, I was doing like phone interviews with patients. I was also doing some vision, uh, motor, and cognitive testing with patients, which was really cool. Um, and I really loved everything I did there. So I decided to um, approach the same supervisor and ask if they would be, um, if they were taking on any master students. And they said yes. So I just ended up fortunately getting getting in with the same supervisor there. This is a plug for the IMS SERP program. For those who are listening, it's a really, really great program. I did a SERP project as well, although I didn't end up with the same supervisor, but it just kind of showed me what I liked and what I didn't. Um, so it's, it's a really great way to get that experience before your master's. It's like a mini master's in a way. There's that saying, like, no, no research experience is a bad research experience, even if you didn't end up liking it. Like, if you learn anything at all, whether that's, I don't like this kind of research, that's valuable. And, like, you could argue that, like, getting a lot of varied research experience is kind of like expanding your tool belt, and you can kind of have a lot more conversations around things and have better awareness. That's one of my favorite grad school phrases that kind of sounds like a cliche, but I don't think it is. Expanding the tool belt, like just try your hand at different things, be able to say, you know, I've done a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then applying those things to very different subject matters. Expanding the tool belt has been probably a highlight of all my research experiences. You can like word things in certain ways on your resumes to make it sound like it kind of complements whatever you want to go with in the future. So that's just a little tip that I've used uh, throughout undergrad. Graduate school or professional school can look very different for people based on which program they're in. A research-based master's is more unstructured than a course-based one, and both of these are very different from a professional program like medical school. 
Belinda and Sonica give us some insight into these differences, but first, Belinda shares a bit more about her journey into medical school. From, like, an untraditional background, the demographics were 90% of the students came from a health science or life science background, 5% come from arts, and 5% come from other. I am the other, (laughs) because I am math and physics. Um, I guess why I chose medicine. I don't want to give like the interview pre-med answer, so I'll talk about something else. I've always wanted to do just like things I was interested in or like passionate about. So like first year is you do your like basic science and then you decide what you want to major in. And I had no idea what I wanted to do, so I did biophysics, which everybody said was for people who just wanted to do everything again in second year. And then I found out I do not like basic biology. So I was like, what do I actually enjoy? And it was math and physics. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. And like the good thing about med school is you don't need to be in life sciences or anything. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I did pivot like labs. I started out in neuro and then I did immunology. And then I did quantum physics. My thesis I did AI and radiology. It was nothing I had done before, but it was like kind of cool. I was like, okay, so maybe medicine is for me. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this is what I want to do with my life. I like talking to people. We just had clinical skills this morning, mm. and it's all about like making other people feel comfortable, how to get information out of them, like how to be the best care provider that you can be. And I think that really. That really, like, I don't know, drives it home. Mm-hmm. I think this is where I want to be. Med school has been wild. It's been, like, three weeks, and we've learned, like, three different units. We do, like, a unit a week. And coming in, I was like, I know nothing. I think I know less than everybody else <laughs> in my class. And then after, like, embryology, I was like, I think I could be an OB. Like, this <gasps> makes sense. Exciting. Yeah, and then after genetics, I was like, you know what, genetics makes sense too. <laughs> and now, it changes everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, and now we did immunology, and I'm like, okay, maybe being an allergist is kind of cool. But like, it's starting to make sense, mm-hmm. even though I came in with like zero medical knowledge. Walking the line between student and employee is probably the most different thing about med and grad school. It's med school, you're really just there to absorb all the content and then grad school you're trying to like generate new things and be creative in your science and yeah I feel like it's tough to like go from undergrad where you have all of this structured even if you do a thesis though there's like a lot of structure and you still have like four other classes but in grad school and some things are like pass fail so things kind of don't feel real. I can relate to that because I just started and the first week of classes just finished like yesterday and it felt very different from undergrad because I don't have classes every day but I still come in to the hospital to just kind of work on my research Um, whereas in undergrad I would have kind of a structure like I have classes this time and you know I would go home after classes but now it's like I come in and I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing 
Um, so it's very like unstructured and I feel like it's different for everyone if you're comfortable with that or not. Personally, I'm not comfortable with the not structured routine. So that's something I'm like getting used to. Um, so kind of like just having a calendar and planning out my day rather than just waking up every morning and being like, okay, like I don't know what I'm supposed to do today. Um, so that's something I would say is like very different from undergrad. If you're especially going right from undergrad to grad school, it's going to feel like a lot more independence, a lot more flexibility in the schedule, um, which can be a good thing for some people. Choosing your supervisor for graduate school can be a daunting process. Julia, Hannah, and I share some things that you might consider about mentorship style that could help with your decision in picking a supervisor. The supervisor, like finding what you need in a mentorship style. Like if you need a mentor that's kind of a little bit more hands-on and guides you throughout the day-to-day, or if you need someone that's kind of more lets you have the freedom to manage your own schedule and then you report back. What's like the styles that people like in terms of mentors? I like hands-on. Like I, I'm in the lab. Um, my supervisor would sit, I guess, and also just in my position, but we would sit like a couple feet away from each other, which is good and bad. Um, if he's listening, I obviously enjoyed being part of the lab, but um, it was great because if I had any questions, he was so open to be like, I'd be like, hey, supervisor, um, I have a question about this. And then he would just be freely there to just answer. I guess for me, just because I'm also not as experienced in clinical research, as especially when I first started, I definitely needed that hands-on just to validate like my skills and then um, just push that project along. I was really looking for someone who's like very relaxed and just kind of like, it's okay if something goes wrong, we'll find a way to fix it or like we'll find another way to do things. I really like that kind of mentality. I think it's really helped me just get through everything within the first year of my master's. I think it's really important, this is maybe more if you're thinking about grad school, to be honest with yourself about what uh, what kind of mentorship you're looking for because it makes a big difference to your experience. For my supervisor, like, like at the end of every day, when you say bye, he will always make a point to be like, thank you so much for all the work that you did. Mm-hmm. Even when I first started, the volunteer coordinator was like, you're so lucky that you have this supervisor Um, He's so nice. I never hear anything bad about him. He's one of the best at the hospital. So that made me feel so great. But um, since I started at the lab probably like five years ago, that hasn't changed. Like the gratitude towards the people working in the lab. And I think the respect that they show to or he shows to all the students past and present is really important. But I, I've never experienced someone so gracious about... Mm-hmm. Or uh, attentive. Exactly. I think that would be my red flag, like someone who just um, takes people for granted. I think that's so, so important, especially mm-hmm. going from undergrad, just building your self-esteem as a researcher. Like, just as a human being, having someone to support you and in, in that corner, um, very, very important. I think that should be like the cornerstone of any mentor. I've worked in many different labs of like since undergrad and I have really met some wonderful grad students who are even like a a year or two years above me who have just been like very supportive very validating and very helpful because a lot of the time you're going into an unknown especially when you're starting out um, and that's that's something that I've really taken to heart like for me I, I feel like I've chatted with so many 
undergrad because I feel like for me that made such a difference in my own experience. And I totally relate to what you said about like people just like messaging you and you sitting down with them and talking to them about whatever it is that you're doing. I feel like that's such, that's like the best ways to informally mentor someone and doesn't even have to be people within your program. I get a lot of messages from people just with from my community or like from my mosque or just people who are family friends. It's so nice to be able to sit down with people and just get to know them and give them all the information that they need to just move forward with their career. And I feel like informal mentorship is sometimes very unrecognized, but it is such an integral part of someone's success. Now that you've heard a little bit about what life as a research or medical student looks like, you'll hear a bit more from each of us about how we balance our busy schedules. I think on the topic of balancing all of your many work deadlines, I think how do you prevent or avoid burnout? Because undergrad burnout versus grad school burnout versus med school burnout, those are all very challenging and very life-altering things. I don't know if everybody knows, but med school is pass or fail. Um, but U of T likes to be special, and our passing grade is 77, uh-huh. which is quite high. So there is like a bit of stress about um, like passing, I guess. But something that they really encourage, or like they, they really tell you is once you're in med school, they want you to pass. Like everything is there for you to succeed. So it's a very like encouraging environment. Yeah, exactly. And they have a lot of organizations or like a lot of different things going on. But yeah, they're always like, please just reach out and we'll help you. I like that. What about like extracurriculars that you guys, or not even extracurriculars, but just things that you do outside of school? How do you guys make time for those kinds of things? I think for me, like, not that I've really started properly, but right now and my possible future goals are, like, cut off work at a certain time and really try my best to not think about work. Putting in those boundaries for yourself just to protect your mental health and well-being. I think it's really important to do extracurriculars that you're passionate about and interested in and that are feel like fun and not feel like a chore. Like mm-hmm. joining Raw Talk, for example. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's really important because at the end of the day, like let's say you're doing research or taking classes, you want to be um, like feeling good about going into a meeting for a committee or a meeting for extracurriculars rather than it feeling like, oh my God, like I don't want to go and do this. I'd rather just go home and sleep. I mean, it does feel like that on some days, but it's really important to be doing things that you are passionate about and not just kind of following what other people are doing and like uh, not following what other people's path is to get to where you want to be. I love working out. In March, they had this like program um, funded by Nike, which was available for Muslim women. And you would sign up and uh, they would teach you how to do functional strength training uh, for like three days. It was like from nine to five. And then they test you at the very end and you get your certification. And ever since I got my certification, I've been going to the gym consistently. And it's been such a great, great experience because it's not just me as well. It's like I've forced my friends to like come to the gym as well and even just women in my community who you know they want someone to work out with but they don't have anyone to work out with it's like 
I'll be your gym buddy and like, I'll take you and like we'll work out together. So it's really nice to do stuff like that outside of research. It just gives me a fresh perspective on everything. Yeah, I have um, a membership with ClassPass. It's good in that you get a certain amount of credits per month based off of the package that you buy. Um, but then it's bad because sometimes I'll look and I'm like, oh my God, I have 30 credits that I have to hit before the end of the week or else they expire, <laughs> which is currently me in my situation right now. But the best part is a lot of my friends um, are downtown. So then in order for me to be social, so to speak, and then I get my workout in, I'm like, hey, do you want to sign up for a class with me? And then you get to have like a break, you see your friends, you do a workout, and then you go home and you do your, your work. It's almost like um, hitting two birds with one stone. Yeah, I like that. Class Fest, please sponsor us. <laughs> I also think sometimes I, because I'm not on campus really for classes or anything, forget that I pay student fees mm-hmm. for all the gyms and all the things on campus. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, I did like the summer gym pass and started going to like organized classes offered through U of T. And there were so many different ones that I just didn't put mine to be aware of that I already paid for Mm -hmm. in my student fees. So just shameless plug for sports and rec at U of T. They're actually doing a lot of really cool stuff and you're already paying for it because you have to pay tuition. So take advantage. Also for me, I'll be kind of on the flip side of like scheduling and making time, I find it hard sometimes to, without a particular commitment, make time for things outside of work. So signing up for a class and knowing that it was at a particular time and the instructor kind of expected you to be there at a particular time actually made me very consistent. Okay, so I'm accountable to someone else and I need to put down what I'm doing and participate in whatever that thing is yeah i think the scheduling in like fun things is so key because i i just joined heart house singers because i wanted to join a choir because like i was in a choir all through our ebc and then in high school i was in band and i was like i just miss making music as a group so yeah now i do that and i'm so excited and you also meet like (laughs) other people that are not in your program and it's just so important that you get out of the hole that you're in, mm-hmm. you know? The concept of grad school can seem a bit daunting, but I think it's really valuable to hear some different perspectives and advice from people currently in grad and med school. Mm-hmm. Each of us shares some pieces of advice that they wish they heard early on in their journeys. I always love hearing people's takes on this, so let's play these clips back. I can start. Um, so one piece of advice I would give my younger self or someone listening who's an undergrad is to get out of your comfort zone, whether that be academically, socially, in your community, do things that make you uncomfortable as much as you are going to hate it while at the beginning while you're doing it. That's the only thing that's going to help you grow and help you learn and actually help you figure out who you are and what you want to pursue in the future. I like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. I would definitely recommend that you don't take yourself too seriously in grad school. Just like I think um, obviously what you do is very important. And I think that you put in a lot of yourself and time and effort into your project and to the work that you do. But you do need to get out of that bubble sometimes and just kind of take things easy and do the things that are very carefree and things that you love, your hobbies, your time with family, friends, because that's really what's the most important. Um, 
And I think it took me a while to realize that. Like I used to have this mindset of just kind of, I just want to be as productive as possible. But now that I've changed my definition of productivity and just included the time that I spend in my personal life as a priority alongside the time that I do school and work, I feel like that's just changed my perspective on everything. And it's made me so much more productive in school. This is my favorite piece of advice. Just don't let go of your hobbies. I think I would say, like, know yourself and also don't minimize yourself. You bring a lot to the table. Like, don't get caught up in the comparison. All these people are doing amazing things. But you are too, man. Okay? You're here for a reason. You know, imposter syndrome is real. But, like, someone saw something good in you and you should see that same thing, you know? Because... You're going to do amazing things, and it's just a matter of time. We're all on our own path to getting where we're going to get, so don't compare. I would, I'll direct this, I guess, to more of an undergrad. If you're interested in something, whether it be grad school or medical school or literally anything else, go talk to people about it. it ask all the questions that are on your mind, all the little things that you might think are stupid. And I think hearing the lived experience from people who have already kind of gone down a road that you think that you might want to go down as well can be so helpful for your own decision making and figuring out what exactly it is you want to do different things that you want to try so just reach out be polite have a conversation and I think that has been super helpful for me and I'm very grateful to all the people that took the time to answer all my little stupid questions I have like two very different pieces of advice. Maybe I'll do the quick one first. Uh, get a minor in computer science because that would be very helpful. <laughs> um, I think something else. I started off following the like pre pre-med route and I would do stuff because it would look good on my resume. So I did like student council, like the volunteering clubs. And then it wasn't until like third year that I started doing clubs because I actually liked what the club was about. And so I spent a lot of time on the UBC Pilates Club. <laughs> the plug. Um, and I had so much fun. Like it was something I was really excited about. Um, I was an instructor, so it was like something that I could, it was also during COVID. So we had like online classes, which was a brand new thing. And so that was like very, very exciting, and I loved it, and I could, I, like, talked about it on my med applications, and the passion and the excitement of it came across a lot more than, like, some of the more basic things that I did, just so I could put leadership or, you know, whatever on my application. I would say mine would probably be, don't be afraid of failure. It's a learning experience. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from anything is probably, like, how important writing is when you do like in communicating your work and your research you got to be able to find like those lay terms to make it more communicable to like other people especially when it terms to, like grant applications i find it's really really important to be able to like translate your work into a way that somebody who has no idea what it means into something that they can go oh okay i can understand what you're doing um but overall i think it would just be you know being open to failing um, and then using it as an opportunity to grow and again like that tool belt saying like you know take that opportunity to improve your skills. Yeah, I think mentorship is very very important and 
I guess advice for anyone just applying or in any stage of life. One thing that I learned, I guess, um, the year prior to me getting accepted was that it's okay to ask questions and reach out to people that you've worked with just to get that perspective. I think in the beginning I used to be a little bit more shy and I'm like, okay, I gotta focus on myself. And I do think that that was what changed my life and my perspective. It's reaching out to people who were in the program and uh, the industry that I wanted to get into, um, friends who have applied to different types of uh, research or graduate school and then getting their perspective. Um, you know, you you don't, the answer will always be no if you don't ask. So you should always put yourself out there um, and get that advice. And um, like we were also saying, you're on your own path. And uh, just because someone else is getting into graduate school or whatever, getting whatever job and you're not there, it doesn't mean that you're slow or not at the same level or you're not as successful. Your life will be completely different from someone else's life regardless. So try not to be so hard on yourself. This episode was hosted by myself, Noor, and Angela. Brayden, Belinda, Sonica, Julia, and Hannah participated in our roundtable discussion. Janaid and Alex were our audio engineers, and I was the executive producer. As always, thank you for listening. Raw Talk Podcast is a student presentation of the Institute of Medical Science and the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Toronto. The opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the IMS, the Faculty of Medicine, or the University. To learn more about the show, visit our website, rawtalkpodcast.com, and stay up to date by following us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Raw Talk Podcast. Support the show by using the affiliate link on our website when you shop on Amazon. Also, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, and rate us five stars. Thank you.